Welcome to the Grounded in Wisdom podcast. I'm Annalyn Cruz, a first-generation Filipina-American dream life and leadership coach, space holder, and storyteller that guides women and BIPOC leaders to heal their inner critic, connect to what they truly love, and confidently become the best version of themselves. I'm so excited to share my new podcast with you and for you to get to know some phenomenal humans that I'm lucky enough to know within my circle. This season's theme will center around getting out of the rubble into the light. Rubble moments are the monumental, extra challenging life experiences where our world feels as though it's come crashing down and we can't come back up for air. It's the moments that humble us that may make us feel isolated in our own experience with no playbook or way out. It's the time in our lives where we may be called to reach within or to call in support to see and feel the light around us and that there is in fact a way out and through. I don't know one person that hasn't been through a rubble moment of their own Oftentimes, we may hide behind a mask or push down these feelings in order to survive or to never share the stories that forever changed us. This podcast will talk about the moments where the tides begin to shift, where the rubble around us starts to dissipate, and when we start seeing moments of light that signal to us that we're still here. We're alive, we are present, and full of strength that we couldn't see or feel before. What happens then? How do those rubble moments turn from dust to ashes to actual light and resilience? Join me as I talk story and share space with some amazing humans who discovered how brave they really were and became the leader of their own life. You'll learn about their rubble moments and how they dug deep within themselves to fully embody what it means to step into their light and access their inner wisdom to then revolutionize their lives. Thank you all for being here and get ready to be inspired. If you've ever endured a rubble moment of your own, or you may be currently struggling with a rubble moment, Know that you are not alone in your experience. We got this and we're all in it together. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for being here. It's my pleasure to introduce you to our next guest, who is Heather Elaine. Heather's a fierce advocate of love and a believer in the transformative powers of reflection, connection, and movement to live more fully. She grew up overseas in Rota, Spain, which is where she began her professional dance journey. She studied ballet, modern, folkloric, and hip hop dance, and over the years has developed her own style, which is a fusion of dance expression. Heather has also had other parts and other movements in which she does like Taekwondo and kickboxing And she moved back to the Bay Area, or I should say she moved to the Bay Area way back in 1997. And her love for learning and passion 
uh, for wellness has led her to become a certified personal trainer, a massage practitioner, and a yoga teacher. And as a wellness nerd, Heather's rooted in exploring the connections between brain and body and believes the aging journey can be filled with radical self-love, strength, and grace. In addition to teaching a variety of movement classes, Heather is also a wellness coach and a movement teacher for UC Berkeley staff. She leads the amazing Hermosa's Retreats and is the author of the book entitled Ready. In her downtime, she can be found soaking in a hot tub, hiking in the redwoods, or sipping on champagne and eating tapas. Welcome to the Grounded in Wisdom podcast, Heather. Thanks oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. I'm laughing at that last part because we just did that. <laughs> <laughs> we sure did. We sure did sip on some champagne last weekend and it was lovely. <laughs> so I'm super excited to have you be a part of the podcast and to introduce you to perhaps other folks, uh, you know, listening in who have never met you or don't know much about your own personal story. And, you know, Heather and I met, gosh, probably somewhere between eight to 10 years ago. Time is always a, a mystery at this point. But we met many, many years ago. And I was just totally amazed by the first dance class I took with you. In fact, that's the reason why I joined that studio back in the day, because I thought, well, if everyone else's energy is like Heather's, then I'm in. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, you just really left an impression on me. And, and I'm so happy now, as many folks in my circle know that you've just been such a beautiful presence in my life over the past, you know, two to three years where we really reconnected on a deeper friendship level, mm -hmm. you know, and, and have this, in my opinion, this really deep um, presence for each other and the sisterhood that, um, you know, I think one is lucky to find mm -hmm. in their lifetime. And so I know that we've had many, many conversations, mm -hmm. uh, probably similar to the one we're going to have, but I don't know. I, I, it always surprises me when I bring folks on and, and there's always these aha moments or mm -hmm. just, you know, clarity on, uh, on some commonalities that we, that we face as humans, mm -hmm. as women living in this world. And, um, and I can't wait for you to share some of your, powerful wisdom nuggets and Aww. everything that that you're about to share so oh my thank goodness. you well first of all here. I'm sitting over here just smiling I've got my eyes closed just listening to you taking in your words letting them land and um, I just got the biggest smile on my face my heart feels warm and I just thank you for sharing all that and I didn't realize that I was one of the first um dance teachers that you had you were <laughs> you were the first you oh were my the, god yeah you so were the amazing. first person Aww. and I you know and I was like oh do I want to join and I seriously kept looking Aww. back at that first class I'm like I had such a good time like the energy mm -hmm. was just fire and it felt like such a supportive, empowering mm -hmm. environment. And I think that's what you continue to do 
mm. in in the spaces that you're in and now that I've known you beyond that space and beyond you know a dance class it's like oh I just think you're magic so oh um, Anna Lynn <laughs> getting me to tear Too up strong. before we even dive into content you know that's that's what we do that's what we that do, is on what the we do. that's how we roll absolutely that is how we roll in general so my first question to you something that stood out to me about your bio yeah. is that you are a fierce advocate of love and I wanted to just dig into that a little bit like what how what does that exactly mean to you and how does that show up in mm. in your words how you be in this yes. world yes I love it and thank you so much for bringing my focus there to get me to reflect a little deeper on this like what does that actually yeah. mean what does it mean to be an advocate of love you know we just we live in a world as we all know where there are so many ups and downs there's so much um, that we are all navigating, trying to figure out, trying to make sense of there's things that just don't make sense um, in our in our modern day world. And I really believe wholeheartedly that when we are able to strip away some of the narratives and the stories and the trauma and the distractions, that ultimately, like, we're all love, right? It's like, we're all love. Um, mm-hmm. I remember I had a, a student when I used to be a literacy specialist. I had a six-year-old that I worked with. And we had a new student that was coming in to join us. And I was saying, you know, whatever. Like, grab the hand sanitizer, love, you know. And my student that knew me really well. And I had never thought about this, like, calling people love, like, as, like, as if it were their name. Um, yeah. People that I don't, I don't even know in the grocery store. Hey, thanks, love. You know, <laughs> like what? <laughs> but my my student that had been working with me looked at the new student and just very matter of factly was like, "Oh yeah, don't worry, Miss Heather calls everyone love." <laughs> <laughs> so um, just a fun fun little story. But you know, I think I think that in a world that gives us a lot of messages, sometimes we forget that at our essence is love and. Um, how that I think most often shows up for me, I, I immediately think of classes and, you know, there's an invitation for people um, to love yourself no matter what you're doing. Like if you're choosing to do a push up, can you love yourself more? If you're choosing to sit back in child's pose and take a moment for yourself, can you love yourself even more? Right. So it's about, um, yeah, not like taking away the judgment or the shame or I didn't make the right choice. It's like, no, like your love, like, right. It's, um, Mm -hmm. and again, like, I just don't think that the world tells us that very often. Um, another example is, uh, in my, in my signature program being become, uh, we did this activity this, this past weekend of, um, I, things I wish someone had told me. And some of them were very poetic. Some of them were very practical. And one of the members shared, I really wish that someone had told me explicitly and often, I love you. Mm. And, you know, that led into a discussion of like, well, okay, so how can that look now in your life? And she landed on when I walk by that mirror, I'm actually going to take a sacred pause and I'm going to say, I love you. And no matter what mood I'm in, I love you. I love you. (laughs) So really it's about like, how do we, how do we cultivate uh, self-love in a deeper way? And, and my hope is, especially within classes and retreats that that's what I'm able to offer people is that reminder that you are love, 
you know, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're feeling, like your love. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I could personally attest to that, that exactly what Heather was explaining of, you know, making choices, right? Making choices and every, every day is different. We all go through uh, various life challenges and ways in which we sometimes we could show up fully and be our best selves. And then other days we just are not. And, and I think you do a really amazing job of, you know, kind of allowing us to all exhale into the, uh, I don't have mm-hmm. to be anything but who I am right now. And I'm going to mm-hmm. love myself, you know, regardless of what's happening, I'm still going to continue to advocate and be my own person Mm -hmm. and love myself even more fully. It's always in the harder moments, right? It's always in the harder moments that that it's harder to love ourselves, I feel like. But, you know, one of my things, my favorite things is like, can we pair like, oh, I'm a hot mess today, but kind of love myself anyway, you know? Yeah, (laughs) right. Because those are the toughest Mm -hmm. times to actually love ourselves when we're perhaps not feeling very lovable yeah 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 Mm. so I think that's a great segue to talk about oof those hard hard moments Mm. in our lives and um and I know that you know we're concentrating on what I have deemed as rubble moments so those times in which life is just uber challenging and sometimes it feels like we cannot get out of Mm. the rubble that has crumbled around us and life has just changed us forever because of a particular incident or experience and um, I'm going to open it up by just allowing you the space to share with us some of your rubble moments and how that has now shifted who you are. Absolutely. Um, well, first, I'd like to say before I dive into my personal one that I've um, taken the time uh, to listen to your personal story, as well as the other guests that had been on so far, and just um, how inspiring and human it felt to be able to sit and and hold people's stories in my heart listening. Um, So first of all, just thank you for allowing this platform to be. Um, I think it's such a a testament to allowing this concept of vulnerability being a strength to really shine. Um, So first of all, just thank you for for doing what you're doing, the soul work Mm -hmm. that you're doing. Thanks, Heather. Yeah. Um, so we've all had many (laughs) rubble moments in our life. Mm -hmm. Um, the one that I chose to talk about today that I'd like to, yeah, just open my heart and share is something that happened, um, well over a decade ago. Um, and it was a, it was a heartbreak and I think it's something that we've all experienced in different ways. So my hope is that people can, um, feel the uniqueness of what I'll share, but also be able to connect with some of the the pieces um, with the hopes of, of lifting up self-love ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, over 10 years ago, and it's so, as you said, time is such a trip, especially with things that are really 
marked in the mind, the body and the heart. Um, but I remember um, sitting at our little kitchen table. I think it was Ikea, actually. <laughs> little <laughs> Ikea kitchen table. To get but specific. It, was, it was the place, you know, it was the place of um, having dinners with my partner at the time of mm-hmm. having conversations about all things life from, you know, wanting to have a kid to finances, to planning a fun trip to New Orleans that never, neither one of us had been to before to talking about his daughter and, you know, how she was having troubles with reading and what we could do, what kind of plan. So it was just the place of, of connection. Um, this table, this little Ikea table was this place of connection. Um, and it was, it's kind of the highlight. I think when I think back to this particular relationship of just like, it was, it it symbolized so much to me, you know? And, um, Mm. this particular time we, um, had gotten into a conversation. It wasn't the first conversation of the rubble moment. It was like, you know, it almost reminds me of like when there's an earthquake and then there's major aftershocks. <laughs> yeah. So, and I don't mean to laugh in like a, it's not funny at all, but just in that like F, right? Just like F, like really. Um, so there had already been something that had really kind of shooken me to my core. And I think. I didn't want to believe what was happening, um, which was infidelity and cheating and lying and Mm -hmm. sitting at the kitchen table on this particular occasion after knowing, although doubting what my, what my intuition and the evidence was pointing to was um, having a moment of getting so angry which is not a, an emotion that I identify with often in my life. It's actually something that I'm exploring now. Like, what does anger mean? And mm-hmm. I just remember slamming my hands so hard on this little Ikea table that it shot pins up my hands and all the way up into my shoulder blades. And just having this experience of being so acutely aware of being in my body but at the same time it's like I wasn't even there like I just felt like I had no control over the slam and the feeling that was happening Mm. and um it was a moment of just it just felt like animalistic you know where you're just like f And it was a moment that was so pivotal because as I said, you know, I really didn't want to believe what was happening. I just wanted to hold on to the fantasy of who we were. Um, And there was a moment at which he stood up as a response, a reaction, I'll say, not even a response to my slamming my hands. And he walked towards me. And the energy behind the walk towards me in which my anger turned to fear Um, and just seeing the look in his eye, which I'm sure was a reflection of my look now looking back on it. But it was that moment of knowing like, oh, it's it's we're done. Like it's over, you know, it's done. Can't go back from here, from this place. You know, I. I was familiar with this story, but I think, as I mentioned earlier, not with all the details and in the way in which you just shared that. And so, 
Ooh, I had like a visceral reaction, right? Mm -hmm. Like even, even all this time later, it's really interesting how our bodies can one react to a story like that. And two, I, I think it activated something within me of my own story mm -hmm. as well, you know, and Oh yeah, that's, yeah. thank you for sharing that. And, yeah. you know, there were a couple of things that you mentioned um, that I'd like to circle back to, if that's okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, one was you mentioned that I was doubting my mm. intuition. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. for some folks in the audience, they are very familiar with, you know, that gut feeling. I have a friend of mine, uh, Mari Roberts, who says that's the ping that from the mm. universe, right? That will will tell us that something either feels amazing and something can feel really wrong at the same mm. time or not in alignment. And I was wondering around that piece of how did that affect you of mm. kind of knowing intuitively perhaps what was going on or that something wasn't right. And then coming to this you know, being at the Ikea table, recognizing like, oh shit, I was doubting my intuition and here we are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think like any complicated, layered, messy situation, it, there can be moments of clarity. And then there's a lot of moments that are not clear and that take time to kind of unravel and while I would like to say like, oh yeah, from that moment on, <laughs> I was like, I am not going to doubt yeah. myself. That's not, that's not how it worked. At least at that point in my life. Um, I don't think that I'd done enough work at that time to be able to just be like, okay, moving forward, need to listen to that voice, that gut feeling, that, that, that feeling that you just know um, something to be true that you don't have to doubt it. Um, but I think that was part of my journey, to be honest. I think that it's been an ongoing journey of what does it mean to listen to your intuition? And I think, you know, and I've done a lot of reflecting on this particular time in my life because I wrote a book about it. Um, yeah. But I, I think that when you go through life, and, and not even just in terms of this one relationship, but I think in general, as a concept, listening to one's intuition, it kind of goes back to what we said about love. Like there's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of things that kind of get in the way of that. And so for me, it's been an ongoing process of how do we more um, tenderly listen to that voice and trust it. Mm. Um, I once had a, I, I once worked with a coach who said something to the extent of um, every choice that you make, you are either building or breaking trust with yourself. You're either building or yeah. breaking trust with yourself. And I think that um, oftentimes we do things that break that trust with ourselves. And I think it's really hard to listen to the intuition or know, like, is it intuition or is it fear? Is it intuition or is it uncertainty? Like, what am I feeling? So I think that like most things in life, it's a practice of how do I come back to that deeper listening and trusting, even if the person across from me is straight up lying and being like, no, nothing happened. And you're like looking for the evidence. I think whenever you go looking for evidence, <laughs> 
it's not a good sign, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> when you start inspector gadgeting this you know what, thing. When you start you being start, Nancy Drew yeah. looking in coat pockets for yeah, receipts yeah. or <laughs> asking people to look at their emails, it's like, oh, yes. the trust is actually damaged. So, but, but that's an interesting thing, right? It's like, so part of this is the trust that has been broken between the two of us that had been in partnership and then the other part, the deeper part, the self-love part is what about the trust that I broke with myself and how do I rebuild mm. that, right? Ooh. <laughs> right? I'm going to have to sit with that question. I'm going to have to sit Ooh. with that question, right? It's like, yeah, the how did I break trust within myself? And, you know, I just have to share that within my own story of, having been in a relationship for five years that was not in alignment and I became a um, shell of a version of myself that, oh my gosh, like I spent so many hours, probably days at this point of thinking about that question and reflecting on how did I get here? How did I allow myself to, um, to not trust what I was Mm. feeling within and trust my own, to your point, intuition around this not working out for various reasons. And, you know, I'm curious for you, like Mm. what, um, like what helped you move from, and maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm projecting here, but here's what I, here's where I'm trying to formulate my thought for a long time, I was blaming myself for having stuck it out for so long. And I was blaming myself for, uh, Annalyn, why didn't you just leave? Or why didn't you have that bigger conversation? Or why didn't you stick up for yourself when you were fighting about X, Y, Z? And, you know, for me, I, through therapy, a lot of therapy and having a lot of deep conversations with, you know, good friends as well is, I had to come to a place where I was able to mm. one acknowledge that that we were not in alignment for a variety of reasons and two being able to find that compassion mm. and that love for that version of myself. Yeah. Because yeah. I I didn't want to face her. Like I was disappointed and angry at that version of myself Mm. and even talking about it now I'm like oh man that gets me teary-eyed because I just you know I think all versions of ourselves make us who we are today and I just I think it's important at least for me to continue to check in with that version (laughs) of myself when when she comes up periodically if that makes any sense absolutely yeah for sure um, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. It's so interesting, you know, that there are differences and so many similarities, um, in stories that touch on topics like this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, there was a deep recognition that my desire for things to be different and which is what how I lost kind of that deeper listening to myself was that my desire at the time, you know, I was in my um, early mid thirties 
in that relationship, my desire to um, get married and have a kid and have a family was stronger than my listening to myself that this is not the person Mm. that I was going to be across from, you know? So I think I was able to, you know, you said the word compassion. Like, I think I was able to find and hold compassion for myself of like, of course you want that because of many things, but partly because society says that's what you should be doing. (laughs) You know, that this is a whole other podcast, (laughs) y'all. Yeah. (laughs) Talking about, you know, aging and not having kids and not being married. That's like a whole nother topic. We're going to bring you back for that. (laughs) I got things to say about that too. Yeah. You and I have a variety of topics (laughs) where we want to continue various conversations. But yeah, Yeah. I hear you. But yeah, I think it was recognizing that that desire was stronger than And so part of the healing, um, and like you, you know, therapy, I think for me, to be honest, the, the, one of the biggest, I think therapy was helpful. I think therapy is awesome. Um, and I found that, um, that for me, in addition to what was so helpful was actually dance. It was finding connections Mm -hmm. between the feelings and the body being able to put movement to songs that resonated with my heart as a way to heal because sometimes um, it's just a different way to access, right? Like talking to you now, like it is a healing part of the journey, even though it's been all these years, it's still healing to the journey to talk about it and be held in conversation with you. Um, And there's also something about being able to literally move through what's stuck in your body. Yes. Um, and at that time, my body had, I mean, it was, it was revolting. I mean, it was, you know, I was experiencing pain in my body that I had never felt before. I had canker sores in my mouth that made it hard to talk. Um, I just, I was a mess. And, um, I think that there was a recognition. I had a friend at the time who also just said, you know, I don't, I don't know. She's like, I just feel Um, like you really need to start like going to get massage. You need to get touch. Um, so that was another big one. So I think the combination for me of movement dancing through, I was teaching at the time, um, at a, at a different studio. And that was my first like dropping into being able to move in a way that was healing as opposed to like, we're moving for exercise, which is cool too. Right. (laughs) Um, so it was that, and then starting to receive regular body work and knowing that for at least an hour each session. And at that time I was going every week cause I just was in a place where my body was like breaking down. Um, and it was like for at least an hour, I'm going to be able to receive healing touch, you know, which is why I be- became interested in doing massage work because I was like, I want to be able to offer this as a gift to other people. Um, Yeah. And friends, friends too, you know, friends holding you up and just mm-hmm. having empathy and compassion when, when it's hard to access that for yourself. I think those are probably the three biggest things. Yeah. I, I'm so glad that you mentioned that and, you know, what some of the commonalities or like maybe the umbrella that came to my mind was this idea of being held mm. in different ways. So whether it's getting healing through physical touch in someone um, in you receiving a massage and getting healing from that person or being held in a dance class, but being Mm -hmm. held in becoming 
embodied and being able to work through whatever was sort of manifesting itself in your body to then, whew, how do I release that? Or how do I express that? Yeah. Perhaps in ways that I can't do so in talk therapy or in words with a friend. And, you know, as you were sharing that, I, I had a flashback of Mm -hmm. moments in which I literally, you know, told some of the women in our dance class, like, I'm having a really tough day with the split and just like, I'm feeling so down. I need Mm -hmm. y'all to hold me up. Right. And they weren't literally holding me up, but it was just this idea of, can you, can you help me and support me while Mm -hmm. I'm going through the toughest freaking shit in my life, you know, of having my world be totally what felt like at the time feeling totally blown up and destroyed. And, you know, oh yeah, just this idea of being gently and also fiercely being held in those Mm. moments by others and for ourselves too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, we, we are wired for connection, right? We're wired for connection. Um, And then there's also, it's like, it's a, it's an and, right? It's like, how do we seek out and um, find the connection, the love that we're craving. And then at the same time, at least for my journey has been, a part of it has been like, how do I cultivate solitude in a way that I mm-hmm. can be more strong within my own center, um, yeah. separately, independently, right? So it's this, it's a unique thing to be a human being, right? How do we stay in connection? And then how do we also, um, yeah, hold ourselves? Let's talk. Yeah, like, let's talk about solitude, because I don't think Um, I've had this conversation with any other guests so far, but Mm. this idea of, you know, this common theme of loving ourselves and learning how to perhaps fall in love with ourselves, right? That's not really the narrative that's pushed out there. Mm -mm. (laughs) That's not really, you know, I think in recent years, it's been a bit more of a message, but there's still this I believe a hierarchy of, well, if you're in a relationship, that's the ultimate goal right Mm -hmm. and to be in solitude and some people don't know what that even Mm. means or feels like and I'm curious like what does that mean for you and how you were able to break through some of this rubble and find comfort and perhaps even more love for yourself in these solitude moments. Mm, I love that. Um, well, if you have not checked out Jay Shetty's book, The Eight Rules of Love, um, he talks a lot about solitude in really beautiful ways. Um, but this idea of, yeah, of reclaiming solitude, of, of you know, quieting the outside voices to really get to know yourself better. And it's an ongoing practice. And I will say, I have to remind myself sometimes, like, Maybe it's, maybe it's a good time to stay at home and read, <laughs> not get on your phone. That doesn't count. That doesn't count. Yeah. Jason is very clear. He's like, that does not count. <laughs> um, but what, <laughs> what can I do? Can I, you know, do art? Can I journal? Can I, but ways to connect with yourself. And I think, you know, when I was younger, that to me looked like pushing myself when I was single to be like, can I take myself on a date um, and go out 
to eat. I actually, I talk about this in my book, like it's really this, it goes back to kind of the societal, you know, like you should be with someone or, you know, oftentimes when you arrive at a restaurant and they'll say just one, uh-huh. you know, only one. And, uh, you know, at one point, and I caught on to that, you know, language is powerful. And I remember um, there was a, a hostess and she asked me, that question and I just looked back at her with a smile and I said yes fabulously one <laughs> yes just to really bring like shed some light on you know that our society is not really set up for us to do and I think you're right I think things have shifted a bit but overall um there is this need I think um as I've gotten older that has shifted a bit and and certainly there are times that I'll you know go you know whatever it is co-work by, co-work by myself <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, take myself out for a drink. Um, and I do it um, to stay in practice with that. It's good. It's a good thing to do. I, you know, yeah. when I, was in, I stayed in Costa Rica after the last Hermosas retreat and really was like, wow, like it's um, it brings up different challenges, but it's really a beautiful thing when you can do things on your own travel by yourself. Um, and uh, yeah. And anyway, most recently I would say it's like, can you be, on your own in your room with whatever that means reading it's often for me it's reading or, or, or doing choreography or art um and reconnecting with the part of myself that I remember vividly as a child it's very interesting I remember vividly vividly as a child um loving to be in my room by myself just reading talking to my stuffed animals for hours I was just so good mm-hmm. at solitude and it's yeah like, I remember even, you know, junior high, um, growing up overseas in Spain, and we lived right by the ocean. And there were times I would just go and just stare at the water. And I guess, like, I must have been having thoughts. Like, I don't even really remember. I remember just being observant of what was around me. And it's like, man, I, 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 I strive without striving too hard to achieve without really achieving. <laughs> <laughs> That way of being that I used to have and I used to hold before all these distractions and voices came in from the outside world, Um, you know, and I remember actually, I remember there was a time standing watching the ocean and there was a, um, a Spanish man who came up and he, he said something to the extent of like, he's like, no one your age should be in such deep thought, you know? And I just want to be like, what? Mm. (laughs) But, um, but to be in that just place of, of, of being present, you know, and I think for me, that's so much of what in my adult life now meditation is, is this practice of turning down the volume of the world and getting quiet and still so that I can know what's happening internally within me, which is sometimes hard to sit with, you know? Um, Absolutely. But how do I, and that's, but that's also where the beauty lies and the resiliency lies and the intuition lies is in the, in the softer, quieter, still part of ourself, you know? Hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know like for myself, when I first started meditating, I just didn't know how to do that. Mm. You know, it, it was hard to be with myself without any distractions, yeah. without the company of another without, um, I don't know, it was, it was hard to get to that place. But, oh, when I was finally able to do that, it was such a beautiful practice of what's here right now. Mm, Yeah. What's here right now? What, 
like what am I tuning into within myself okay you know how can I breathe into this really difficult moment you know I often meditate when I'm feeling very overwhelmed or Mm. I think I can't take that minute there's no way I could take that minute and I just remind myself like oh I could put my hand over my heart Mm. like I am right now and put my other hand on my low belly and I could do three mindful breaths Mm -hmm. and I can't remember one time that that didn't help (laughs) totally right it's like and it's so simple but we often forget about oh just come back to your breath yeah back to breath and back to body right the brain is yes constantly fast forward rewind fast forward rewind trying to keep you safe let me make sense of this let me anticipate that the body is right. in the present. And while it does hold, it is like, it's like our autobiography, you know? So when we first started talking and I had my eyes closed telling you about the Ikea table, like I could feel that in my body still, even with all the work mm-hmm. that it's been done, those are moments that our bodies don't forget. Um, but overall, our body is what's going to be able to be like, hey, boo, hey, right here in the moment. Here you are. <laughs> yeah. Right. I love. I really love that our bodies are our biographies. Mm. I've never heard it quite um, shared that way. And I think that's such a, yeah, it's such a beautiful testament to our past and how we can tap into that and how we could continue to heal Mm. by listening to our body wisdom. That was one of the things Mm. that I made note of early on of, tenderly listening to our body's voice Mm. and what it's telling us yeah Yeah. so I'm curious about you know getting out of the rubble into the light I know you said that you started to come back to yourself and reclaim you know cultivating your own solitude reclaiming who you are as perhaps a single person what other ways did you help rescue yourself Mm. from the rubble and perhaps maybe, you know, some support that you got along the way? Yeah. Well, I think we definitely um, talked about some of them already. You know, therapy was a huge part of that. Um, Friendships, um, those friendships that they just hold you when you need to be held. Um, for sure. Um, dance, absolutely huge, huge. Um, and um, massage. So we've already kind of uh, done those mm-hmm. ones in solitude, spending time on my own. Um, and then I think, you know, at, at a certain point, um, recognizing that um, there, there was, for me, in my process, there was the need to look at things more closely and there was a need to connect with people more deeply, which is why I decided to write a book about this particular heartbreak, which ended up being different than what I thought when I first started writing. Um, But this journey toward self-love and that I was like, there are, even though the details of my story are different, that, anyone that's gone through heartbreak is going to be able to see themselves um, in this. And so I took on the, what I thought was going to be over a summer of writing a book. It took me four years <laughs> to actually do. So 
you know, um, writing a book, I don't think is for everyone. Um, I think everyone has a book in them. Uh, but the, the process of, of going back, editing, adding things, getting feedback, reliving, reliving, rewriting, looking at the narrative, Mm -hmm. what part of this narrative is true? Is there a story behind this? Right. So I think that it gave me a very unique experience, um, of, of looking at this, at this time in my life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, You know, there was something that sparked for me when you said how you were able to kind of come out of the rubble and into the light was the friendships that Mm. you had with folks and people supporting you. And I know there are folks out there listening to this. Mm. Uh, Sometimes it's hard to ask for what we need or what type of support we would like from our friends. And I'm curious if there was anything that stood out to you um, from one friend or, Mm. you know, particular groups of friends that really helped you in that moment of like how they showed up or mm. what they said or what they didn't say. Mm. Yeah. Um, let's see what surfaces with that. I think the first thing that my brain goes to is, um, and you kind of spoke to this in part, which is like this idea that um, what people say or do that they, oh, let me, let me back up for a second. Oftentimes the love and support that we give to other people is how we want to be given it. Does that make sense? Am I being <laughs> as clear as mine? Yeah. Right. So it's yeah. like, if I were in this, situ- like, this is how I, like, if I were in this situation, I would want um, someone to give me a book or I would want someone to make me soup or whatever the thing is. So oftentimes other people act from that place of like, this is what I would want if I was in this situation. Um, right. And I think that when people know you really well, even if it's not what they would want, that they would offer that to you. Right. So um, I had a friend at the time that I stayed with and um, she knew like I loved at the time this like special. I don't remember what the brand was, but this special cinnamon bread with peanut butter and honey. <laughs> I remember mm-hmm. her when I stayed with her like. <laughs> She would make it. And at that time, you know, when, uh, sometimes when, when I'm stressed, like my go-to is like, I don't feel like eating. Um, and it's like, how can you not eat when someone presents you with what she knows to be your favorite thing, you know? Um, so that stands out as a moment. Um, I also have a moment of another dear friend who I remember going to a a final therapy session, um, with my ex-partner And I had told her ahead of time, you know, that I, that this was going to be the last time that I saw him and she knew, and she showed up and she literally, he walked out of the session and I let him go first and just walked and just remember, you know, crying and just being like, is it really, it is over. Like, but just that, you know, that, that voice that still is like, but no, like we can, it's like, no. Um, And she was there to literally catch me in a hug um, Mm. just knowing, and she knew, you know, she had gone through an experience of a divorce that was devastating to her years before when, when her and I were first becoming friends. And, um, yeah, so it's, yeah, those moments that you're just like, 
yeah, when other people are able to show up for you in ways that you can't do for yourself, you know? Right. Right. Uh, that's beautiful. Um, and I also wanted to just add on, like if folks are listening to this and they don't know how to support their friend who may be going through a really hard breakup or a divorce, I think one of the things that I've learned is I know you may not know what support you need, but mm. what would be most helpful for me to, to do or what do you need in this moment? Mm. Right. Cause that could change. Yeah. And I, and I remember, you know, I had some friends who were like, I want to bash your ex. And I right? <laughs> like, I want to like, and it wasn't helpful in that moment. Yeah, right. Totally. Like I just needed someone to, you know, at the time, let me know that I was still amazing yeah. and that I still, you know, had my life ahead of me and that this is just really hard shit that sometimes yeah. we have to sit with and be with. And, you know, when you can find those people in your life who can hold that space, mm. it's, it's such an amazing, yeah. um, you know, just testament of, of friendship and love between to two people and I think in general too like not even going through something hard just in relationship in general it's like you know if you need me to say or do something or not (laughs) to say or do something like please let me know like yeah um, because we can't always know what the other person's preference is or know them so well in that moment so I think that's also just a beautiful uh check-in with any important people in your life you know (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, oh my gosh. Thank you, Heather, so much for sharing your story with us and sharing your wisdom nuggets and being, you know, a true example of what it means to be a fierce advocate of love and how you shine that through yourself to then, you know, help it spark with all of us who are Mm. in your community and in your hype crew. And Mm. I'm just so uh, grateful that, you know, we were able to meet many years ago and then reconnect over the past few years during the pandemic. And it's just been so lovely to, to just be in your orbit and be in each other's orbit. I feel the same too. Yeah. Hey, boo, hey. So I'm curious if there's, you know, anything that you're working on in terms of projects, experiences, dance, like if people want to join your orbit a bit more closely, how could they do that? How could they find out what you're up to? Yeah. Um, I think the best way is to hop on to computer phone and uh, check out my website heatherelaine.com a-l-a-i-n-e heather elaine my uh had an auntie that was elaine and my mom was like i need to make it a little different so she said (laughs) elaine um but that's the best way you know social media um instagram facebook all those fun things are um fun ways to be connected as well And um, yeah, I always share about, you know, whatever's happening, full moon dance parties or upcoming retreats. Annalyn's going to be one of the facilitators at the next one coming up in November in California. Yeah, yeah, classes ongoing on Zoom, Zoom, you know, so lots of lots of opportunities for connection and especially uh, in regards to finding movement as a as a healing force. Yeah. And 
And I just have to give a PSA right now about um, Heather's classes. We, you know, we started on Zoom during the pandemic. We are continuing to we do are. so. We are and a feisty group. We're a feisty, <laughs> fierce group of women identified folks who come yeah. together and just <laughs> laugh and you Get know stronger from the inside out. Ooh, yeah. Yes. Give ourselves a little wink in the little Zoom, you know, to to be sassy and to just like move through whatever. Yeah. challenges are coming our way and I do have to say real quick you know Heather's retreats I've been to now three gonna be four come November and I have been changed for the better mm. every single one that I've done mm. with you and it's such a way to like not only come back to ourselves but I really recognize how much I missed being in community with mm. other yeah. like-minded and like-hearted women who are just trying to figure yeah. this thing called life out and yeah. it's such a supportive beautiful environment um that you help cultivate as as our retreat leader and someone who is really curating experiences for folks that mm -hmm. i think can really transform people and and their lives and how they want to show up so mm -hmm. if you if you're listening to this and if you're uh, you know if you're curious about going to a women's retreat and have never actually done it or you want to come back after joining heather a few years ago we definitely want you back with us because it's just a phenomenal mm. experience yeah and they've yeah. evolved and changed and i'm so grateful for you for being part of the magic. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you again, folks. We're going to end it here. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and night, and we'll chat with you the next time around. Thanks, Heather. Much love. Much love. Bye. Mm -hmm. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Grounded in Wisdom. I hope you found inspiration and courage and a renewed sense of possibility through the incredible stories that were shared here today. Remember, your journey is filled with tons of potential and the ability to move through life's challenges that come your way. If you enjoyed this episode and want to continue exploring the power of personal stories, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and I would love it if you could leave a review. Your feedback means so much to me and the rest of the team and it helps us really reach more people who could benefit from these transformative conversations. And finally, remember that your story matters. You have the strength within yourself to move through and even overcome life's biggest challenges. You could even heal your inner critic and learn to become the best version of yourself. Trust in your journey and keep shining the light within yourself to the rest of the world. This has been the Grounded in Wisdom podcast with your host, Annalyn Cruz. If you're ready to take your own journey of self-discovery and transformation to the next level, feel free to visit my website at groundedinwisdom.co to learn more about my coaching and facilitation offerings that I provide the community. Thanks so much and have a beautiful rest of your day and night.